God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, you instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation, through Christ our Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I know that good does not dwell in me, that is, in my flesh. The willing is ready at hand, but doing the good is not. For I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So then I discover the principle that when I want to do right, evil is at hand. For I take delight in the law of God in my inner self. But I see in my members another principle, at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Miserable one that I am, who will deliver me from this mortal body? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Word of the Lord. Lord, teach me your statutes. Lord, teach me your statutes. Teach me wisdom and knowledge, for in your commands I trust. Lord, teach me your statutes. You are good and bountiful. Teach me your statutes. Lord, teach me your statutes. Let your kindness comfort me according to your promise to your servants. Lord, teach me your statutes. Let your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Lord, teach me your statutes. Never will I forget your precepts, for through them you give me life. Lord, teach me your statutes. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. Lord, teach me your statutes. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to the little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately, it is going to rain, and so it does. And when you notice 
that the wind is blowing from the south, you say that it is going to be hot. And so it is. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? If you are to go with your opponent before the magistrate, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn you over to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. O Lord, let me not be puffed up with worldly wisdom which passes away. Grant me that love which never abates, that I may not choose to know anything but Jesus and him crucified. I pray you, loving Jesus, that as you have graciously given me to drink in with delight the words of your knowledge, so you would mercifully grant me to attain one day to you the fountain of all wisdom, and to appear forever before your face, to the glory of your name. Amen. In our Gospel reading today, we have Jesus making a simple statement about how we as human beings can look and notice by just looking at the clouds in the sky to know whether or not it will rain tomorrow. And he kind of asked them, if you're able to tell simple things like if it'll rain tomorrow or if it'll be sunny, basically know the weather before it happens, how is it that you can't tell what's going on in the world today to know what the reality is of the present era that you're in? These words sound kind of strange to us when we think back to how it is possible that anyone in Jesus' day would know that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, had shown up at that point in time. The simple answer to that question is there was a lot of prophecy that went into it. There are different ways of understanding different prophecies in the Old Testament that have led many to believe that Jesus was born at a specific time prophesied in history. It's why Paul basically said that in the fullness of time, Jesus was born. An example of that is the 70 weeks of Daniel. There are certain ways individuals have calculated the time of Jesus' birth and to a degree his death and resurrection by understanding the 70 weeks and how they play out in showing that Jesus was to be born, that the 70th week, if you will, began with Christ being born in Bethlehem sometime around 0 or 1 A.D., there's a little dispute as to exactly when he was born, whether it was closer to 6 B.C. or whether it was actually something like 2 or 1 B.C., but those are conversations for another day. 
the simple math from the rebuilding of the temple and when Cyrus made his decree sometime around the 500s BC leads a lot of biblical scholars to do out the four, 490 years to Christ being born as showing that it happened within that 69 weeks and that the 70th week is talking about Christ being among us. And this could be what Jesus is talking about. We didn't understand our scriptures properly to really realize that he was born at the appointed time, in the fullness of time, as Paul would put it. And it's something that we should see and we should understand. This same thought process is something that you see many struggle with today to try to figure out if Bible prophecy is being fulfilled in our midst with the situation in Israel with Gaza. And there is a, yeah, maybe, that could be said to that, as well as a, maybe not as well. Because we don't know for certain but we can reasonably hypothesize that there is a possibility and a way in which Bible prophecy could be coming into play at this point in time because of certain events that are happening. And a lot of that has to do with understanding what Bible prophecies are still remaining to be fulfilled. And it's there that you find a wide variety of people not knowing the truth. In fact, I will even go so far as to say that a lot of people have a false understanding because of what is popularly assumed as the next step in fulfilling Bible prophecy. Namely, that there's going to be some kind of top-secret rapture where the church disappears and those who are left behind will go through a tribulation, which I really strongly disagree with. Anyone that does any kind of study on Bible prophecy knows that the notion of the rapture is something of a new created thing. In fact, there was a Jesuit priest that was born during the time of the uh, colonies of America in the 1700s. And that individual is the one who promoted the idea of a rapture. He's the one that John Darby would later, in the 1820s, use his understanding to promote the idea of a rapture to the point that it caused the great disappointment in the United States in the 1830s and eventually led to the formation of the Seventh-day Adventists, as well as be the foundation from the prophetic side for the Jehovah Witnesses and the Christian Science Movement that was started in the 1800s. 
A lot of people don't know that history. They only know from the writings of Hal Lindsey and his late great Planet Earth and the Left Behind series, which became popular in the 70s and the 80s, and how most televangelists really got onto that because it was a great way of being able to stir people up in fear to where they would start believing in the gospel message that they preached and help support their ministry by donating large sums of money. Sadly, it's that kind of motivation that has brought error into biblical studies and understanding uh, about this matter. I personally believe that we are in the millennial reign right now because it's depicting the reign of the church. That is more historical with what has been understood since the beginning of Christianity. Uh, Writings of the early church fathers will mock anyone saying that uh, there's a future millennial reign because that was more the heresy of a man by the name of Serentius. If you do a Google search, you'll be amazed at what you read about that. But it is something that was mocked in the early church, as early as uh, the 200 period of the church with various fathers in that age. I think it was also kind of commented on in uh, like 170 or 180 AD. Uh, Not sure if Justin Martyr talked about it or if it was one of the other guys, but one of the contemporaries at least of Justin Martyr, if not Justin Martyr himself. Uh, I would have to go back and go through my patristics notes to find out which one, but it is written that Serentius was a heretic because he believed in a literal millennial reign to come in the future, and that was something that was rebuked by those that knew the apostles or their successors, so to speak. So it basically goes back to the earliest times of the church that that was not an acceptable view. The church has been more amillennial, meaning that there's not such a thing as a future millennium. Uh, That's really all that term means, because we're currently in the church age, where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 2, and therefore the reigning right now on thrones in a millennial situation is happening. And in that sense, it tells you that if you understand that, the devil's time being short at the end of the millennium is when you have the Gog and Magog prophecies of Ezekiel 38 and 39 being fulfilled, which would be the next big thing that would be noted. Are there other things that would happen before then? Most likely, yeah. Uh, But there's a little bit of a caveat even to that. And that's something Jesus is talking about. Do you know how to interpret the present time? And why is that important? Is it because we need to know when exactly he's coming back? No. Because we need to always be prepared, as the other writings tell us. But it's more to understand who we are. I loved uh, something an old priest once told me. Monsignor Malloy, my uh, youth pastor 
back when I was uh, a child going to school at St. Stephen Protomartyr in St. Stephen's in St. Louis, Missouri. He basically made a statement that it makes no difference if the end times are today or if they're a thousand years in the future, because one thing is certain: you will die. You might not live to see Jesus come back on any way, shape, or form because you could die right now. And if Jesus comes a week from now, it doesn't matter because you'll already be in the presence of the Lord. So do you know the present time that is being spoken of here that Jesus is trying to get across? It's simply knowing that God is speaking to you. The if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Often quoted psalm in the divine liturgy or the divine office or the liturgy of the hours, depending upon how you term it. Or just basically repeated a lot of times in different masses that we read that particular passage from Psalm 95 or as it appears later in the book of Hebrews. Do you harden your heart? Or are you listening to God? Are you willing to repent? See, that's the problem a lot of people have. They're not willing to see the signs. They're not willing to see what is really going on. Because one of the things that we are given to see is how sin reigns in our mortal bodies. How the sins that we do are based upon things that we lust after and are tempted by. And when we do sin, and we commit sin, we are just giving in, surrendering ourselves to serve ourselves instead of God. Can we not know to interpret the times and realize that we need to become servants of God and to let him free us? so that we can live not under the law, but under grace? See, this is the thing that needs to be talked about. This is the present age that we need to be focused with. So I need to ask you, my dear brothers and sisters, do you today hear his voice? Or do you harden your heart? Do you have a sin that you refuse to give up? Because that sin that you love more than God is most likely going to be the sin that carries you straight to hell.